0: Hello, and welcome to Cross Point Church's podcast. We are here to reveal God in everyday ways that help people like you. Whether you are a Christian or not, we believe that God is not far from any one of us and he wants to be found. You don't have to look a certain way or have it all together to become one of us. We don't have it all together either. But we do have hope in the one who does. Jesus loved everyone, no matter who they were or what they had done. We want to be just like that. You want to connect with us? Just stay after the message, and we'll tell you how. I was talking to the booth at one point, I wasn't listening the whole time uh, to that thing. Did you talk about the foot washing? Yeah. Okay, fantastic, that's great, that's very good. Uh, I made my decision to follow the Lord at a foot washing ceremony, and so that, that is a if, if anybody has, has anybody ever partaken in something like that? Done, yeah, they are powerful. A uh, powerful moment to recreate what our Savior did for his disciples. And there's really not much more humbling than getting down and washing somebody's feet, um, as he did to display his servantness that he came to be a servant. So anyway, okay, good. You already talked about it, though, so welcome talking about it. All right. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Hi. 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 Uh, My name is Andrew. one of the pastors here. If you don't know me, um, I'm telling you, every week there are some new people here. So I'm so glad that you're here with us joining to fellowship, to worship corporately through song and through the hearing of Scripture, through the edification of what is happening in our church, uh, through giving of our tithes. We worship together corporately. We bring our individual acts of worship throughout the week together on Sundays to do it, to lift up as one voice his name, right? So I'm so thankful that you're here, wherever you come from. Um, we have been walking through the Gospel Project for the last couple of years, uh, which is a kind of a 10,000-foot view of Scripture, uh, skipping some passages, focusing in on others, and after four years, we'll have gone through all the Scripture. Our kids' ministry is also going through this. We kind of got off last fall, but we're getting back on. All right, we're going to... So that week, week to week we'll be doing and learning the same things as these kids so that families can be having discussions and learning about the same things. And it's been so great and honestly beneficial and edifying for me and I think all of the preachers who are getting to study in succession God's story. And so in that last week we talked about the evil king Zedekiah and the pride and humility or the, the pride rather of Israel and of that king The pride to reject the God, as many kings before him did, to go in their own ways. And what we saw last week is that because of this pride, it was the final straw for the Lord. Does anybody have children who get on your nerves sometimes? I love my kids. I love, I saw a couple hands like rock it up, so (laughs) glad I'm glad connecting with some people. I love my kids, right? Two, four, and six, they are beautiful, and they are crazy and sometimes, sometimes they don't listen, right? And so with your own kids, right, you have these moments where you try to give grace of not obeying and not doing the thing. But eventually, after enough times, the straw is broken, right? The, or the straw that breaks the back and a swift punishment is coming down, right? Papa's the foot, the foot is down. Papa is speaking, right? Or mama. So that is what is happening with the Israelites here, they have been given time and time again, chance, opportunity after opportunity from the Lord. Graciousness and mercy upon them to come back to him. And they do sometimes and they continually run away. And that's what a lot of the Old Testament is, is a cycle of the people running away from the Lord, him rebuking them and then turning back. And then they just do it over and over again until finally the Lord says, Enough. Punishment is coming because of your sins. Because our God is a just God and cannot allow sin to just exist or sweep it under the rug, it must be answered for. There must be a punishment for sin. And so God used the nations of the world, Babylon in particular and Syria before that, to conquer his people and take them into exile. One of the saddest parts of scripture so we talked about last week as is the Israelites being taken away from their promised land. And the temple destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem destroyed. Burned. The temple of God looted. The things of the, altar, or the things of the Lord, the altar of the Lord, taken and burned. The story that we learned about last week and that we're diving into more today is of <laughs> this exile is a microcosm. It is an example, it is a picture of the gospel message of Christ. All of that whole story, from starting from Adam and Eve and Genesis, of the first sin, right, of rejecting God's goodness and his trust, and deciding in pride that they could be like God, and eating from the apple, breaking his law. And forevermore sin has stained us as humans. As creations of God, we are tarnished Because we ourselves make our own choices of sin. It is not just because of Adam and Eve's sin. It is because of ours and yours and mine that we are separated from God. And so that is the story of the Israelites. is God coming down to redeem and choose a people for himself. And they continually reject him. Come back, reject him. Come back, want to be like the other nations around them. God, you are not sufficient as a king for us. We want a king for ourselves. As the nations around us have. And so God gave them a king and started thus a line of kings, mostly who were evil and who continued to veer and steer the people away from the Lord. Except for one king, David, who was a man after God's, yeah, I heard it, uh-huh, yeah, you know David, right? That's, get it, that's right. That's right. A man after God's own heart, right? And from David, God promised A Messiah will come. I will choose a remnant and they will be made whole in this person that I will bring at some point to wipe away your sins for all time. But before we get to that, all of Israel's story so far leads up to this moment of the exile. God's justice must be satisfied. When Israel continued to sin, God carried out his punishment on them directly. They sinned, and they specifically suffered the consequence. They could no longer be in the land that he had promised and that he made specifically for them, right? As we talked about last week, the land that when you look at geography of that area was the center of the region. They were to be the light of God. And as people passed through the trade routes and traveled through what was the center, kind of the bridge between Africa and Europe and Eastern Western Asia there, right, that they would pass through the temples of Yahweh, and that his people would make his name known to the earth in that way, and they didn't do it. So God took the land from them, and they were slaves in a foreign land. Romans 3.23 is the verse, right, we all, even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably know this verse, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's not one among us who is righteous. It's so important to understand that because the gospel isn't good news if you're perfect. It doesn't matter to you. Right? What Jesus did, and we're going to talk about that in a second, doesn't matter for you if you're not a sinner. The number one thing is when you strike up a conversation with somebody about God who may or may not believe, you're just talking and they say, well, you know, I try to be a good person. say, well, are you a good person? Well, I mean, I want to be. Okay. Wanting to be and being a good person are two very different things, right? Because you can name off and rattle three, four, five laws from the Old Testament, the great Ten Commandments, right? And we have all broken them. We are all sinners and all fall short of the glory of God and his perfection. And then Romans 6.23, right? The punishment for this sin is death. It is death. We are unworthy and undeserving to be in the presence of a holy, right, and just God. He himself cannot be in the presence of sin. (laughs) As we've talked about in the last few weeks... The themes of the, ser- of the uh, sermons leading up to this moment have been judgment, All right? God telling his people judgment is coming. God passing judgment on the other nations of the world. God using them to pass judgment on his people. They've been a little bleak. Agreed, right? Yeah, whew, these heavy things. And last week, right, was kind of the culmination of that, this bleakness when the judgment is fulfilled, But we serve a great God who is good. And his ultimate goal is not judgment, but it is redemption. He wants to redeem you out of your sin to get to be with him. And he wants to redeem his people. That's what we see in kind of the next step of the story here. So Jeremiah 29 Verse 10, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. We can all quote this one together. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the great Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Judgment is not the end, and the Lord is not done with his people. He has a plan and a purpose for them, which didn't change from the beginning. Did you know we are in exile right now? Did you know that we are in exile in the sense that this is not our home? Hebrews ten tells us that we are foreigners in this land. Our home is in a different realm and a different place with a different person. This this is not our end. So while before you knew Christ, you were slaves to sin. We sang that song today. right? <laughs> Being a slave to sin, a slave to the things of the world, to the prince of this world, Satan. Being under the control and under the thumb of that. <laughs> People who do not believe in Jesus as their Savior. Because of our own choices and our own rebellion and our pride. We are in this place enslaved to sin. But this is where the story is different, right, from God directly punishing his people, the Israelites. For our sin, God punishes his own son. We cannot emphasize enough, and I I, I do think it's this tourist syndrome. I don't know if it is for you, but it is for me, right? Right? Has anybody been to one of these little flat towns in Colorado where the Rocky Mountains are like right there? It's a beautiful, yeah, beautiful, beautiful scene. When you talk to the people in this town and you say, when was the last time you, you know, glanced up at those in majesty or went into them? It's the tourist syndrome. You don't notice what is in front of you all the time. And I I think that is true of this gospel message, right? uh, Again, my own, I can get lost in some of the finer details of Scripture, which are very important. There's more theology to be known and to be grown in sanctification and growing in the Lord. But Jesus coming down from his heavenly throne to live among us, to be born as a baby. I see a couple of those in here today. Fragile and how innocent and pure, and he was raised to be a man, perfect in his relationship with God, to show us that way of how it should look, how the law actually is fulfilled, lived out, and then to offer himself as the punishment for your sin, for my sin, for my rebellion. I don't have to pay the consequence for that. Jesus paid the consequence for that. He knew no sin to be sin for us. And that is the heart of the gospel message that Christ was crucified on the cross by us. We may not have been there but my sins hung him there. And he died, and three days later, through the power of God, rose and conquered death for all time for those who believe in him. And what does he say? To be justified, to forego this punishment for ourselves. Romans 10, there are a myriad of verses that talk about this. I chose Romans ten nine. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, i got to raise him from the dead. You will be saved. There is nothing you can do. There is no work good enough to balance the scale of sin. That is not what God asks or requires. He asks or requires that you believe in the one he has sent, his own son, who justified you on the cross. And the moment you believe, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you are saved. You have the spirit inside of you in that moment. And that is the moment of justification. And then this act of sanctification, right, which is the working out of the good works for believers in our heart through the power of the Spirit. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We are works in progress. If you are a believer in Christ, you will never be perfect in this life. You will not achieve that. But the Spirit is doing work on your heart to make him more and more into the image of Of his son. That is what he wants for you. Is to look like Jesus. Look to act like Jesus. Act to be in relationship with him. The way Jesus was in relationship with him. To see others. Through the eyes that Jesus saw others. As sheep without a shepherd. With compassion. That needs to know about the true way. To be made right with God. So the sanctification. We are continually being made into the image of Jesus Christ and will not be fulfilled until you die and are with him or until he returns. And in that moment comes glorification. And let me tell you something. I cannot wait for that day. When our marred, broken bodies will be made whole. Some of you feel that more than others today. That desire... To be made whole, not just in your body, but in your spirit. That as you stand before your Savior, no more will sin mar your heart. No more will the desire for rebellion be within us. But we will be finally made totally clean and whole because of the blood of our Savior standing in righteousness before him. This is Revelation 19, 11. This is the disciple John speaking from the vision that he was given by God then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse the one sitting on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and Lord of lords. One day our Savior will come back. And he seeks that all know his name, that all glorify his name, and that his story is known throughout the earth. And if you are a believer in him, he has called you to do just that. In Jeremiah 29, before that passage that we read, he talks about setting up camp in this place of exile that you are. Build homes, plant gardens. Marry people, be, be where you are and make my name known. And that's what he has called Crosspoint Church, or wherever, if, you're not, if you don't go here. Believer in Christ. This is what he has called you to do. Is to not just long for and think about and keep your mind totally somewhere where it, your, your body is not yet. Though we should think about the things above and apply them to our life here. And therefore, through our testimony, through our life, and through our words, lead others to Him. The next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, the Israelites in exile and what that looked like. One of my favorite stories: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego; Shack, and Benny, if you will. <laughs> Veggie Tales, Veggie Tales call out. I encourage you and invite you to come back next week when I'm acting like we're closed. And we're going to do a song and talk more, but. Next week, we have uh, one of our missionaries, Henry Matarita, will be here uh, to share. He, he'll kind of be veering from the Gospel Project, but he is a powerful evangelist. I encourage you to uh, come back in that way. Oh, man. This, is, this message is really uh, near and dear to my heart because I, I really feel like, <laughs> hmm. I think this is at the heart of, I think we get distracted. I know I get distracted. I don't know if you're like me. I get distracted from my mission. Jason talked about the mission statement of the youth is focused around relationships. (laughs) Our mission on this earth as followers of Christ is to make his story known, make his glory known, and glorify his name above all others. I challenge you as you go out this week to do that, to be the light for Christ in a broken and hurting world, wherever your sphere of influence is, to do that. I'm going to invite the band back up. We're going to pray, kind of a short message today, focusing on what it is to be in exile and the faithfulness of the Lord to fulfill His promises. Won't you pray with me, Lord? We love you, Lord. I pray that we learn from the Israelites and their story to not run and turn away from you, Father. That you are good. That you are holy. That your ways are right and pure, Lord. And your ways will bring us welfare they will bring us happiness and goodness and fulfillment of life lord you don't (laughs) you don't ask for your own glory because you are a an arrogant and prideful god as opposed to some of the false gods that they did worship and that people still worship today you want the glory because you know that only in that will we be fulfilled and you desperately want that relationship with us lord but there is a punishment and cost to our sin. And Lord, I don't know who's here today. I do not know the spiritual state of the hearts of many people in this room, but you do in your spirit, Lord. So I pray that you use this message, whatever is right and true, that would be remembered and that your spirit would be tilling the dirt of the hearts of those who need to hear it. And that by your word and your power, that all would come to know your name, and believe in Jesus Christ as Lord, because one day he will come back, and we will be with you, with him in glory, Father. And we desire, as you do, that all will be there. We love you. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. I want you to stand as we sing the song, Glorious Day. Lord, thank you for the chance to Worship you corporately, Lord. And I do pray, Father, Lord, I believe you don't want this corporate worship if it is not accompanied by our individual acts of worship the rest of the week. And so I pray that as we go out that your spirit is, that we respond to your spirit. He is working on us, Lord. I pray that we respond and that we give you our lives in worship, sacrifice every part of ourselves and every part of our life to you as you sacrifice your entire life to us, Lord. We love you. We pray that your name is glorified in our lives and in this world. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming this week, and have a great week. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were encouraged, and we'd like to personally invite you to attend one of our services here at Cross Point Church. We meet every Sunday at 11,000 West Oklahoma Avenue in the great city of West Yales. Our people are warm and welcoming, and we're all learning what it means to follow Jesus together. You can learn more about us at crosspointwestallis.com, where you'll find more episodes of our podcast. You can watch past services on our YouTube channel, and we live stream every Sunday at 10 a.m. Until then, thank you for listening to Crosspoint Church.